Hey everyone, and welcome back to Cosmic Crit. We are a Starfinder role-playing game, actual play podcast, and I am here to welcome you to one of the last episodes of season one of our show. My name is Patrick, and I'm the GM here, the Game Master, for the last 72 episodes. And for a year and a half, it has been my honor to shepherd my friends through the Dead Sun's adventure path from Paizo Publishing. We have a bit of a story to tell you in this episode, so let's not waste any time here before I introduce my five friends and your five players this evening. To my left, a criminal turned business representative, science officer, and team linchpin. It's Drew playing Nackfeldsbar. Good evening. To his left, a lost soul that found their place in the universe, fighting alongside a new crew for a final adventure. It's Jabert playing Andis147. Hello, Patrick. Across the digital table, a hunted outlaw that found absolution in his home life by adventuring in the vast. It's Miles playing Rami Quindar. Good evening. To his left, a star child that gained the powers of the cosmos and conquered her own demons. It's Rebecca playing Alindra Vallis. Hello. And finally, to my right, pirate turned paladin, but he will forever to us be the giant vesk with an intelligence score of eight. It's Tyler playing a dross for honest. Wait, which microphone am I supposed to talk into? Wait, <laughs> this one? No, wait, over here? No, wait. I, I said wait. Tyler playing a dross, not a draw. Oh, oh, hi. Oh, well, hi. <laughs> Even when he doesn't have to say anything, he still messes it Somehow up. Somehow you still <laughs> messed it up. I'm, I'm impressed, honestly. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I am genuinely impressed. That, ladies and gentlemen, is commitment. <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, welcome. <laughs> hey, guys, welcome back. It's the end season one of our podcast. The oh, end. Oh, dead sons. And we all lived. I'm yeah, so yeah. Rub it you, in. You just, you just rubbed it in his face. Rub it in. <laughs> that was very mean. <laughs> you failed, Patrick. I'm still reeling. <laughs> he, he can still dictate your story, Alindra. <laughs> the three, the last three weeks, yeah, I'm uh, coming down off that. That uh, and then Alindra, when you get back to when you get back to Absalom Station, an asteroid hits you. It's so <laughs> weird. Right. Space Alindra rocks. Alindra dies fall. immediately. <laughs> um, how are you, the players, feeling tonight? There's there's an odd sense of relief, but also just it's a little sad. Moving on to. I'm definitely sad. I'm gonna mm. miss these characters, all of them. I, I am too. I am excited for season two, um, mm. but I am likewise going to uh, uh, miss playing with all these good folks. I mean, not you folks. Yeah. You folks I'm going to keep playing <laughs> with. But like, nope, I'm <laughs> joining the new podcast, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> it's, it, it's pretty crazy. I know we're going to have a whole roundup where we talk about our feelings about the season and everything, but oh, it, yeah. it is it is still insane to me that one, that people kind of went on this journey with us but i feel that even though we were all a pretty pretty tight-knit group i feel that we have grown closer as friends playing every monday together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I think we've grown as i mean i've grown as a gm i'm sure you guys have all grown as players but also we've developed a different bond because we are we're also like performing for people out there in a way and like pushing ourselves to to do to do better things, I guess, to represent tabletop gaming, you know? Yeah, I still it's, can't wrap my head around that, that we are somehow 
to some to some like representing tabletop gaming that that that's weird to me yeah <laughs> i mean well, half of us don't even know how a tax of opportunity work uh, I, yeah. I, 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 one of us clearly does not because that's me <laughs> <laughs> I, I i've got to look the rules up every once in a while so don't worry about that <laughs> um yeah you guys made it both players characters here to the end um there is like i said though still some story to tell a few more final steps in these characters journeys that have formed, you know, the last few, uh, like a hundred hours, thousands of dice rolls. And well, these last 72 episodes deserve epic epilogue. And that's what we're going to do now. You ready? Yeah. I, I believe yeah, so. Let me get my, let me get my Kleenex. And I'm ready. You're hanky. <laughs> yeah. I'm really proud of, I'm really proud of us for not saying that it's an epilogue. <laughs> Uh, I just want to congratulate everyone on that. Like, thank you very much. That's a tongue twister. I I will not do to myself. (laughs) Wait, is that our episode title now? I think it is. (laughs) So hard to say. Then then never mind. (laughs) Then never mind. We are definitely making that joke. So this episode starts a few days from when we last left off. We are back on Absalom Station. And for the first time here on the podcast, uh, your characters are back. When do you think it was you were last here? What episode do you guys think the Drift Rider crew last saw? Absalom? The 18th? Episode the 18th 3? Of Farast. <laughs> no, because we, oh, we, no. we went back after the Drift yeah. Oh, I, I right. Say, like, to see Gavilar snore. Like 20, 22? Very close. Very close. It's episode 19, The Girl with the Sidereal Tattoo. Oh. oh. It's the last Amsterdam station time. So that we're back here. First time in over a year uh, from the podcast. And it's this sprawling city at the center of the cosmos. And things look completely unchanged since your characters and, and we left months prior. The air here still smells sickly sweet like metal and astringent cleaning chemicals. You hear the sound of constant humming as hundreds of thousands go about their normal lives. Maybe twice as many visitors flood the station's five massive arms. Aliens from all over the the universe kind of clog the docking bays, transporting goods and passengers through this hub of drift travel. Specifically, we are starting this episode in one location on Absalom Station. We're back inside Mama Fat's store down on level 21 of the Spike. <laughs> All oh right. boy. <laughs> what was it, a tuna salad sandwich? Or I'll have the Akatonian egg, 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 egg salad. Yeah. Egg salad, egg salad, okay. Yes, that same <laughs> egg salad sandwich is sitting in a glass display case. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it, it looks the exact same, too. I don't think... It has changed. It might be, might be in a time bubble. Uh, but or plastic. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah she's alone. Uh, we see her lazily perusing a small data pad while above her there's an, an old school style liquid plasma display showing maybe the local news station. She looks up for a, a moment and sees some familiar faces on Infosphere 1 news report. She goes to turn up the volume, and it seems like there's some kind of to-do, and a reporter starts up by saying, This is the scene on the top floor of the Law Spire Complex, home to the Starfinder Society. While this organization last year was dealt a devastating tragedy in the form of the Scoured Stars incident, today they are gathered to honor a new group of recruits. 
We have seemingly done the impossible. The crew of the Driftrider have returned to Absalom Station months after their exploration of the Drift Rock and now, seemingly, have dealt a major blow to the outlaw naval organization known system-wide as the Corpse Fleet, as well as the terrorist religious sect known throughout the Pact Worlds as the Cult of the Devourer. I'm being told that the Starfinder Society first seeker Luazi Elcebo is set to speak in a moment, and yes, this is her now approaching the podium. We go live to comments from the head of the Starfinder Society. The camera pans to the interior of a large auditorium. Upon the stage, see the five of you standing in fresh clothes, bathed, groomed, well-rested. <laughs> you look pretty relaxed after months away from Absalom Station, and each of you around your necks wears a heavy medallion made of gold and chrome. And we see First Seeker Elsebo standing to your side. She looks very proud. She beams as she passes you. A wild smile kind of lights up the infosphere. She steps forward and says, The Kishili ruled over the galaxy millennia ago. Few ruins could survive for so long. Our own civilization too shall fall, leaving behind only crumbling remains. Yet there is one great preserver of history, space. For the light we see from distant realms is but an echo of dead suns that has traveled trillions of miles to reach our eyes. Even if a second gap overtook us and wiped away our collective knowledge, I know that centuries from now, another blazing flash would shine in the night sky, chronicling the deeds of a brave few starfinders who dared to rediscover our galaxy's forgotten past and inspired us to look to the future. Today, we are here to honor these five that stand before you. These who answered the call to explore the stars, to combat those who would see this universe unmade to their own destructive ends, who helped secure a brighter future for us all. Therefore, they are recipients of our highest honor, that of the Starfinder Citation for Virtue, and with it the honorary ranks of venture captains within our organization. You five came to us as fresh recruits, but I would like you to now go forth as our newest comrades in arms. Help me in welcoming your five newest captains in the Starfinder Society. There is thunderous applause as the auditorium of Starfinders and press raises to their feet. And amidst this, this ear-shattering noise, you sense something. It's Chiskisks in the audience in the front row and cutting through the noise by psychically calling out to the five of you in your minds. You hear them say, Well done, Starfinders. Well done indeed. Adros looks over his shoulder, wondering where the sound came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as uh, sort of looks around and looks at Alindra and says, and sort of like, sort of like thinks at Alindra, is like, tell, tell Chexmix. Thank you for the opportunity. You could tell him yourself. But oh, Jax Mix, thank you for relate. the opportunity. <laughs> I, I didn't know if this was like a. I, I didn't know if this is like a one-way thing or like. <laughs> uh, Ramy, uh, who is obviously drinking from his flask, uh, just raises it to to Chixis and salutes him. Starfinder salute? No. Okay, like a <laughs> an actual like, salute, like like, right, the, yeah. like the psychic equivalent of finger guns. Jesus. <laughs> 
this this excitement, the jubilation, though, that we see is cut short as Mama Fats turns the TV channel to an Eoxian blood sport. Uh, we leave her bodega and head up the spire a ways to another location. We, we're going to the Lotus Clinic up the spike and in the luxurious eye of Absalom Station later that day. Linger, we're going to you. We find you at the foot of Master Passilar's bed. Looks like you've kind of dug in, maybe you've been waiting here for some time, and you're there when he awakens. We see there's a heavy Starfinder medallion around your neck still from the medal ceremony, and you have had many days to rest and recuperate since the Battle of the Gateway, but yeah, you still feel energized. Your Solarian connection has attained like a steady equilibrium, and now it's almost always active, but also in balance between Graviton and Photon. You're looking pretty good. Am I glowing? I bet I'm glowing. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> not dangerously so. You're not like turn one attuned, but you're like you're like half a turn attuned. Uh, as, as he wakes up, Master Passelar sees you. His ancient eyes widen, and he says, "Oh, oh, oh Lindra, you, you, you're, you're alive." I could say the same of you. I'm so happy to see you. Oh, oh, oh yes, I've been in and out. Unfortunately, I'm no longer a spry one hundred year old. And recovering from my injuries on the Drift Rock will take some time still, but I have you to thank for making it out alive. It, it, it was... I would do anything for you. You've you've always been there for me, and thank you so much for imparting your knowledge on me and helping me learn about the stars. I've, I've learned so much since we last spoke. Oh, you You'd be amazed. Don't need to thank me. It is I who should thank you, but also... Apologize. I I am sorry, Alendra, that I lied. Lied about Valoria? Who? How? What are you talking about? What lie? Well, I I knew back then that you had some sort of connection to Kalithu Seven. The energy at the planet's core became active when you were there, and from my studies, I believe that you may have gained your Solarian abilities, perhaps many years ago in utero from resonant vibrations of the cosmic strings, thus aligning your latent psychic Lashuntan abilities with the planet's power source. So it was Kalathu Seven. That's yes. where I was born? Uh, yes, but your parents knew not of this, save that you were somehow altered in your sister's passing. I only learned of your abilities after our time on the planet Toid. So, as I said, please forgive me. I, I planned on telling you when we were to meet at the HUD bar, but I was knocked out en route to our rendezvous. It's okay. It's, it's in the past. Everything is okay now. I have tried to follow your journeys by requesting data from Chiskisk, but I, I, I've had difficulties. Tell me, did, did you find what you were looking for out in that gateway? Did, we did, did you, yes, did, and we took it down. The stellar degenerator is no more. Oh, good, good, good to hear. Please tell me everything that you found. I may be 129 years old, but there's always something new to learn. I thought of you many times while I was there. I will tell you everything I learned. You do. <laughs> it's like a montage. I was going to say, I hope I don't have to do that right now. <laughs> yeah, no, recite all the astrophysics <laughs> that Alindra learned. For real, though. Um, and yeah, so after you talked for maybe hours, you see Master Passalar seems to be waning a little bit. 
he kind of nods and pats your hand and says, Whoa, Why, young lady, within the course of a few short months, you truly have learned a lifetime of information. I still have some sway with the University of Kabarat, and I will be petitioning for them to grant you full master status there. Master Vallis has a nice ring to it, does it not? It does. It's, it's a dream of mine come true. Thank you so much, Master Pesilar. Do not thank me, for it was you who have fulfilled this old man's dreams, Alindra, to sit at the feet of his former student and learn more than I could ever teach you. The pupil has truly become the master. You can speak for a while longer, but before long, Pastelar says, you know, he'll need to take his rest and ask you, as long as you're on Absalom, come visit him frequently. As you're getting ready to leave, he very quietly says, Uh, Alindra, I, you know, I, I never had children of my own. I was always deep within the confines of a book or infosphere rabbit hole, and I always considered my students like my own family, and, well, I just wanted to say, I'm very proud of you, my girl. Thank you, Master Pasilar. That means the world to me. As you leave the private clinic room, you pass by a large mirror. It has been some time since you've gotten a, a good, long look at yourself. Your hair has grown long, still wearing bits and bobs of the the armor and and weapons you've gathered over the last few months, and it'd be hard to recognize the girl that first stepped out onto Absalom Station months ago. And as you turn to leave the room, the reflection stays in the mirror. It is Faloria there now. She too is looking happy and healthy. She pushes hair behind her ears, and after a moment, she smiles. It's a serene and peaceful expression that lingers on her face as she steps forth and and follows you outside into the hallway. Alindra, as you're leaving the Lotus Clinic, a nurse to your side is listening to an adventure story via the Infosphere. While you're on your way to other business, we're going to linger here for a moment and listen as the story is interrupted by a news bulletin. A broadcaster comes on over the airwaves and says, We will return to the Halkuam Zon and the Pyramid People of the Yucalam in just a moment, but... For now, some late-breaking news. We are live at the scene of the Blue Rise Tower, where the building has been cordoned off by the stewards, executing some kind of raid. Acting on reliable testimony before the Pact Council, several corporate officials from the mining conglomerate Astral Extractions have been apprehended in what has been described as a cabal of lies and organized intimidation, and we have learned even several charges of murder. We have attained reports that... The hiring of assassins, gang members from the Spike, and financing of criminal outfits linked to cultist activity are responsible for the deaths of the Starfinder and Hardscrabble Collective advocate Duravor Creel and are being investigated for the death of his cousin, Gloretta Creel, as well as the, the paid hit job for the crew of the Driftrider and several other Absalom Station officials. We will have more reporting on this as details become clear, but in the hours since this news broke, AE stock has fallen 60 points, resulting in its board of directors moving towards swallowing poison pills, both literal and figurative, as assets are being forfeited to the authorities indefinitely while this investigation is underway. This news report winds down as we go from the Eye of Absalom back down the spike to the bar formerly known as the Fusion Queen. It has been under renovations for some time, but Knack, as you walk up to it, what you notice is the entire level of the spike around it seems to also have undergone a sort of revitalization. You see a lot of businesses and corporate buildings open 
or you know the streets patrolled by a cadre of new-looking security robots stamped with feldspar industries along their sides. You've been invited to the former hangout of the Downside Kings by your sister Kells, and as you walk in, she welcomes you with open arms and says, Welcome to Club Feldsbar, brother. Have a seat. You know, I never thought I'd be the one to end up in this bar. <laughs> yeah, I heard your dumb teammates had some kind of deal with Jabaxa, but that dumb rat still owes us a literal arm and a leg. So he signed the joint over to me. Well, I guess he technically signed it over to the Feldspar company, but father was emphatic that I take control while you were out saving the galaxy or whatever it is you do these days. As long as this place has an open bar for a few individuals on a list, I'm okay with that. Reason I called you down here is now that you're done with those chumps, Dad wants you back in our business place in this part of the pact system here on Absalom and maybe Verses and Akaton. We just acquired mining rights from Astral Extractions for a song, and we've uh, signed a exclusivity contract with the Hardscrabble Collective to work for us. We're taking over the asteroid belt legitimately this time, and I'll be heading that division. We'll need someone uh, at the face of things here, though, to run the day-to-day -day on the station. Someone we can trust. Well, you can count on me. I've got ties to, to a number of ambassadors, specifically the Eoxian ambassador. So if we want to, <laughs> to move into any, any territories in there, we have a little bit of an in. We kind of handled something for them. That's all well and good, and your Starfinder contacts, I'm sure, will be useful, but would you do me a favor, though, Knack? What's that? It's time to ditch your Driftrider loser friends for good. Come back into the family. We we need you to sell those story rights to your adventure before those chumps do. Sell the technology rights to that disruption pistol, uh, and, you know, the Feldspar Company will produce Zek pistols across the cosmos, and, you know, you leave those putzes behind and we can have a greater conversation. This whole level of the spike is being renovated, gentrified, and polished to a shine. It'll be yours to control, Mac. How's that sound for you? You know it sounds good, but I've spent a lot of time with these folks and they deserve a little more than that. If they need me for anything, I've got to step away. I've got to go. But when I'm not there, I'm here. You can count on that. You're not a Starfinder. You are... A member of the clan, and we need you in the boardroom. If you reject this generous offer, father's gonna be angry. You have to take at least some assets here on Absalom Station, or he's gonna cut you off again. How about a trade? I I'll manage all the business aspects. You can keep this club and this level of the spike for you and your dumb friends. What do you think? You got a deal. I'll see what Raimi has to say about decorating this place. As you... Leave the Fusion Queen a, a news brief that flashes on Kel's data pad screen, showing a movement of stocks in, in company holdings here and on Verses. She flips her Infosphere channel and sees a report from the tidally locked planet, a human reporter already kind of talking about happenings there. We have obtained knowledge that corporate espionage is to blame for the countless tragedy years ago on Colony Signal Blue, as Versite stewards have caught several corpse fleet sympathizers and spies as part of a larger investigation into their blackmail and smuggling ring in the Pact Worlds. One of the companies at the center of this controversy, Quindar Incorporated, is slow to comment, but it seems like it has been supplying information to the authorities for several years. 
This comes despite what we have reported as threats of retaliation from Eoxian radicals. This investigation was able to proceed in no small part thanks to Eoxian ambassador Gavilar Sknor, who turned Corpse Fleet's spy into a double agent and coordinated a sting operation over this last month. More to come as this story continues to unfold here on Verses. The scene on Kel's screen becomes real for us as we find ourselves looking into the stately mirrored window panes of the HQ of Quindar Industries, corporate home on the 70th floor of a gleaming high-rise. Hey, Miles. Hello, Patrick. It is here we see Raimi, Miles, inside this high-rise, hugging his mother and father in an embrace that has gone on for some time, as it's the first time in years since they have all been in the same room. We see your mother, Deandre, kissing you and saying, Raimi, sweet Raimi, we we watched the sky for you. We watched the sky every night. Your father, Ranimo, says, Son, it has been so long. We feared for your life each and every day, but it seems that was premature. Look at you, you've handled yourself like a Quinn through and through. Guessing you still have my lucky dice? I do indeed, Dad. Your mother butts in and says, Well, maybe he got his drinking habits from his father's side of the family, but you showed true Dar family spirit and courage in the face of overwhelming odds. Those months of Premier Flight Academy were not wasted, it seems. Ranimo, your dad, says, uh, And it looks like Kendori taught you well. He winks, and there's a glint in your father's eye. You notice something that you couldn't fathom, perhaps when you were younger. Maybe you just couldn't see it or wouldn't see it. You notice there's a magical aura that surrounds your parents now. They are, in fact, both brimming with magical energy. Wait, how do you know about Kandori? You see, Kandori was not just your master's son. He was mine as well. In life, he was known as Letonian Quinn, and he was your great-grandfather. He was an adventurer, too, that combed the stars and helped to put our company and our family on the map. All that time, though, he also fought corruption and crime and used the magics he found upon Alluvion. And when he passed from this world, the day before your birth, mind you, the Techno-Priests were able to fuse his consciousness into the AI Matrix known as Kandori. He taught you and I and my father before me in the ways of Technomancy. How come you never told me this? How, why did I have to learn this in secret? Or what I thought was secret? What, this, this, things could have ended up so differently if, if you had told me about this. You were a stubborn child, and we feared if we pushed you into this, you might reject it completely. Kendori was able to see many different iterations of how your, your training would go, and this was the one that he suggested. Your father alights a magical hologram in the shape of the Drift Rider cruising through Drift Space as it kind of spin around you as as you watch. Deandre, your mom, knocks his hands down and, and says, He doesn't want to hear about your boring parlor tricks, Renamo. We have a real surprise for you, Remy. She contacted us after you left Eox when she found some incriminating evidence linking this Ziravesh to our company. Behind you, through the doors of this boardroom, on a pair of cybernetically enhanced legs, steps Liana Javon. She rushes forward to embrace you, Raimi, and says, Your 
mansion on the horizon point is amazing. Your parents are more loaded than you told me. You were really holding out, Raimi. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to see that the uh, the sweet life suits you. <laughs> it seems to take into you quite well. I've been here the last few weeks. It is amazing. So, uh, no, no, no inclinations back into to smuggling piracy. That's that's not on the horizon for you right now. You're really richer than I could ever steal in my entire lifetime. So, no, no, I will not be. Come on, where's your sense of adventure? I mean, yeah, all this stuff is great, but, you know, going out there on the edge of drift space and and then battling insane unseen monsters and finding things never explored before or ha- things that haven't been seen in thousands of years, doesn't that tempt you just a little bit? Uh, well, maybe just a little. Your mother walks up after you guys are able to spend some time speaking to one another, and she says, Business is on hold while the Pact Council accountants extricate all of our monies from the gray markets and off-planet accounts. So your father and I have some free time, and we would love to become acquainted again with you and your young lady friend here, son. Well, there's also someone else that you need to meet. And... Out from his his coat, he pulls out little puppy McGruffins. <laughs> a dog! <laughs> you, did you have extra dimensional pockets? That's amazing. He just hangs out in my coat sometimes. <laughs> uh, obviously, the dog is like on the ground and like jumping around. You guys very excited. Your father says, "Are you all hungry? What do you say to a Acadonian egg salad sandwich?" Or maybe a little Castrovellian calamari. I, ah, you know, I know. I, I just found out about this delightful little restaurant in the Adari. Kasothan's version of slow roasted meats are to die for. What do you say, Raimi, Leanna? Are you up for a little trip? I've not had real food in a very long time. I am, I would love that. <laughs> Leanna looks a little surprised. She's like, uh, that's nice, Mr. Quindar, but it's, is the food really worth it for days of, of travel? Your dad says, oh, we won't need a spaceship to get to the Adari. And as he speaks, Ronimo's hands and eyes glow with the same green energy that Rainey's does when summoning a spell. A techno-magic sphere encapsulates the four of you, and in an instant you are teleported millions of miles away to the Kasothan world ship, leaving behind only a single bank of televisions playing news, infosphere stations from across the pack systems, and we pull in close on one of them, Welcome back to Castroville Action 3 News, where we have information about the Valis expedition into the Eucalam. After agreements with the other planetary governing bodies, it was decided that an advanced joint scientific base would be set up at the so-called Temple of the Twelve Suns. Rising to the call are Cabaret couple Golden and Maresh Valis, who are currently halfway through the treacherous jungle with a team of Elvin, Lashunton, and Formian scientists. Before departure, they were quoted as saying, There is still a wide world of lost knowledge to discover out in the vast, as well as here on our own home planets. We were inspired by our daughter's example, and have decided to return to fieldwork to help broaden and enrich our understanding of the worlds around us. In the background of this Cabaret News conference with the Vallises, if one squinted, they could see a large vesk walking down the center of this downtown area of Cabaret, Alongside a Lashuntan female, the two turn into an old temple, one of the oldest in the city, a tabernacle to the goddess Serenray. Tyler, this is where we catch up with Edros, back now on Kashravel with Rokawi, 
who is just about ending her probationary service. She is looking much better after her ordeal in the jungle, as well as the stint with the death that she had. Her body is healed, healthy, her hair is grown out pretty long and, and now dyed a, a bright orange color. She says to you, I wanted to thank Mother Shadowbane once more for what she did for me, Adros. I hope that you would be here for this. Would you come with me here inside the temple once more? Of course. I owe you at least a trip to see Mother Shadowbane. In fact, it will be good to see the person who started me on this path in the first place. Inside, it looks exactly like you left it last time. And indeed, Adros sees Mother Shadowbane standing in the exact same place where you met her last time, Tyler. Bathed in the afternoon dying light here, coming through the, the glass windows, her back turned to you. But even without looking, she intones in the same ethereal elven voice. You arrive back on my doorstep, having found absolution, redemption, and your salvation. Have you not, Adros Veranis? I have found a great many things. Some of them you mentioned, but I still feel like my journey has not completed. I still feel like the path of the light of Serenray is still something I need to find. I have heard of your exploits. This is not the beginning of the end. This is but the end of the beginning. The Dawnflower revels in the light that you helped spread across the cosmos. You left this place as Adros the Vesk Pirate and Starfinder perhaps in your mind, but you have now returned a full-fledged champion of her divinity and yet still but a child in the ways of the faith. There's still much for you to learn, Adros. She greets Raukawi, the two embrace. They have perhaps spent some time in the, the intervening months in one another's service, and Mother Shadowbane offers you both a, a simple dinner as you stay for a while. It's made of fruits, vegetables cultivated in nearby steam gardens. There's some light conversation, and there's an occasional, maybe probing question thrown in. After eating, though, Mother Shadowbane asks you very bluntly, Hedros, the universe is safe thanks to you. From outside my door now stand a billion pathways for you to walk. There is that of the Starfinder adventuring still into the unknown, discovering our lost past and our fortuned futures. The path of idolatry is open to you as well. As millions know your name, you're and I have seen more than one Edros Veronis action figure pop up on the Infosphere. One path, I can tell you, leads you to the Holy Mother Nova Heart herself, and to the Radiant Cathedral, if you wish to continue your journey along the Downflowers pathway. That road is open to you. I have friends in the church that would love for you to teach their acolytes your Vesk fighting style. Perhaps run them through a few missions. It is a dangerous time, still, and they could put that to very good use throughout the cosmos. Yes, I, I have been meaning to see the Burning Archipelago. When I was in drift space, I dreamt that I was dangling out in the infinity of space, and I looked out into a, a boil of plasma that was the Burning Mother, and I felt, I don't know, I think I felt judgment. I felt the weight of my old deeds. I felt the indecision of the future. You said it yourself. I know very little of Serenray and, and the path, and I want to learn more from someone who knows more. I, I would love to take advantage of your generosity and, and make the trip to the temple and learn more. The dinner winds down. 
Mother Shadowbane hugs you farewell uh, and begins to walk you out of of the the temple. She says into your your ear quietly, "Night will never fall if you choose to carry the flame." She rises up from the ground, kind of magically flying a few feet into the air, kisses you squarely on the forehead, and says, "You came here months ago. I did not see here in my church." a pirate or a soldier or even a starfinder. Do you know what I saw in you then? I saw a being full of the light of potential. We all have a chance at redemption. If we choose to take it, I was lucky that you were here to show me the path of my own. And I intend to go out and show others that path so that they can make the choice that I made. There's some another round of hugs. She winks, wishes you farewell, puts you on your way. As you're walking back to your capsule hotel, Rokawi pulls out a data pad and says, I wanted to apologize to you, Edros. Promising me you won't get mad. All right, I promise. I know I'm almost done with my court-mandated service, but I broke my parole last week. (laughs) You couldn't manage to stay out of trouble? It was for a good cause, though, Edros. You see, I reached out to old contacts in the Cult of the Devourer, and I got a lead. It might be nothing, but I think I found the last known whereabouts of your ship, the Dauntless. Well, I'm very surprised. I mean, breaking parole is not good, but, I mean, if you are helping people, then that is, but <laughs> where, where, where's, where's my ship? Well, that's the thing. I can give you this, or like Mother Shadowbane said, you can take a different path. The choice of where we go next is yours. What is your heart telling you, Edros? As the decision goes through the Vesk mind, the stars above you begin to twinkle through the twilight of the Castrovellian nightscape above, and we see down the street, Infosphere reports from a large advertisement screen, and it shows a, a final news report here. It looks like it's back on Absalom Station, this news report, and a reporter goes live saying, Here we get to see the Delegation of Starfinders welcoming the first Pact Worlds contact with members of the Kish, a race reported first by the crew of the Drift Rider from the Nijior system. The Starfinders and members of the Pact Council offered aid to the Kish delegation as their city of Istamak is suffering neglect and deterioration from millennia of disuse. Corporate interests from the newly founded Feldspar Entries were quick to offer building contracts to the fledgling Kish people to help secure their nation. Stay tuned for more details as they become available. Tune in to find out more about the Kish's history and culture. Guys, it's time to talk about where Andis 147 winds up. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready for the final scene of Cosmic Crit Season 1? Let's do it. So. Yeah. Now. This scene opens on a dark alley in the bowels of the Spike as we see what was once known as the Fusion Queen lit up in neon lights. Drew. What is the sign on the outside, Nari? Was never particularly fond of this name, but I feel like it deserves it. Raimi's Rumpus Room. The bar is closed to the public, though. It is guestless only uh, for those admitted inside to a private affair. At the front entrance, two ex-Level 21 gang members working as security stand sentinel. Right above them, an electric blue neon sign that reads, Andis 147 renewal ceremony. Inside are over a hundred people gathered in an obviously joyous occasion. People have come from all over the cosmos to congratulate the Drift Rider team on their successes 
over the course of their past missions and adventures. Around a dozen massive banquet tables uh, are, are laid out here. You see fine cutlery and chrome-plated flatware and food from all over the packed worlds. I'm talking Triaxian tubers, Realian figs from Castrovel, and, of course, large decanters of Yoxian black milk. Gevilar Sknor uh, had the Yoxian embassy foot the entire bill for this soiree. Gevilar Sknor! <laughs> hey, this just goes around just dumping out all the liquor, like, that's all poison! <laughs> Uh, he did it in a, a show of goodwill to honor the sacrifices Starfinders have made in, in combating the corpse fleet. We see the undead ambassador kind of hovering over the wait staff of terrified halfling caterers <laughs> and sampling their hors d'oeuvres uh, as they exit from the back room. The back room where a few months earlier you all had a shootout with a group of Downside Kings members. Uh, wasn't there a grenade as well? <laughs> right, yeah, they dropped Something. a grenade out of, like, a mail slot at us. <laughs> yeah, we've done, this, we've done a lot a of work to, to rebuild to this rebuild. place. Yeah, the, they kept having to put off the uh, the opening because they found grenade fragments. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. It's in the, it's and, in everywhere. and as you heard in, in a, a crit bit, uh, Anderson and I had our run of the bar as well. So, <laughs> yeah, that didn't go great. <laughs> we did a lot of demo in that time, but, like, not a lot of, like, actual, like... <laughs> Putting new walls in. You didn't make the you didn't make the neon sign out front, and I just didn't have the heart to take it down. <laughs> we, uh, we got a little busy. <laughs> um, from what we see here, it is nearly everyone that you all have met on your adventure has been invited to Absalom Station. Made the journey here. Not only Alindra did your entire family make it out. Uh, but from the University of Cabaret, we see Master Muhali, Dr. Waylos, even the Ilbians 21-2, uh, as well as Dr. Solstarni have made the trip. Those <laughs> masters and doctors have been talking about discoveries made from inside the Eucalam and potential historical implications and spent literally days of their journey to Absalom Station talking and talking and haven't stopped talking since. Knack, not only did your sister Kells show up, but a host of other Feldspar clan members came to check out the new business prospects on Absalom. We see Jabaxa as well, talking to a much healthier-looking Zix, with a brand-new drone hovering behind her. She sees you across the room, raises a glass. She's had a great recovery over the last few months. It's looking very cheerful. Raimi, your parents and some business retainers and lawyers arrived, and you see Leanna dressed to the nines, Talking with Juanita Trucks at the bar. She seems very disturbed, very disinterested. Rolls her eyes when you make contact with her. Oh, Juanita came out. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone is here. Ed Dross, the entire crew of the Rusty Rivet arrived. And they took over a back booth of the club. And you see Diskisk standing nearby. They have been trying to recruit the Rusty Rivet crew for a while for a Starfinder mission, but to no avail. Though you've heard that Alira Aquana is reconsidering as credits are becoming harder and harder to come by in the diaspora. Edros, there's a hand at your shoulder, and Rokawi is there. She puts a drink into your own hands and waves hello across the room at the Valises. And Andis, you're at a table surrounded by your siblings. There are five other founding 19 androids there, including Andio and Andy, as well as a young android recently renamed Kirill One. She looks 
physically the same as Null Nine, but you see none of the hatred or spite in her eyes, for this new android was summoned weeks earlier in the same crèche that awaits you on a small stage behind the bar. And one is talking to the goblins, Cattywampus and Bumfuzzle. They seem to be deep into conversation, more likely than not talking about some founding 19 business, but you are unsure exactly what they're saying. Clara 247 comes up behind you, Andis, and puts an arm around your shoulder and says, Don't tell me you're getting cold feet, old timer. No, believe me. No such thing. I, uh, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I too've thought about it more and more these days. My body doesn't feel any different than the day I got it, but I wake up in the mornings sometime and think, maybe the devourer cultists were onto something. Oblivion sounds pretty good some days, you know? They're just, there are a lot of memories that you pick up, and sometimes, sometimes it'd be nice to, to just forget. Oblivion's not what's in store for you, right? Because of that metal noggin of yours, you're going to be around always in some way, shape, or form. Well, that seems to be the plan anyway, but we'll just see how this all works out, I think, I guess. (laughs) Tell me, how are you feeling, Andis? Clara, this has been a long road. A year ago, I would have said my life was wasted, but now I find that there is, I find that there really is something worth living for and something worth dying for, but my time is done. I am done. And... I know that now is my time to go away. And so, I'm just so happy that everyone came here, too. I never knew I had so many friends, as a a great man once put it. (laughs) Andis, yeah, no, you look out over this party gathered here. You see hardscrabble, collective dwarves, and human miners literally toasting your name and number. Their payout from the Driftrock claim came through in, in the last few months. Uh, you see, supported by a couple of Kasathan nurses, is Master Pasilar, who gives you a wave, his frail body reacting slowly, but you can tell in his mind he is saying farewell to his old friend Andis146 yet again. Uh, Andis, uh, Andis sort of politely waves back. Um, <laughs> you know, that way they're like, you're pretty sure? Like, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely remember you. But oh, he doesn't yeah. remember. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, buddy. Yeah, we'll catch up. Give well, me like we, five we almost, hours. <laughs> we almost got blown up together. Uh, you see Yex the Sarcesian, your assistant Kiyomi. There's a, deleva- uh, a delegation of, of Kish led by Curate Fedge and the one and only Zoe. And oh, each boy. and every other person here in this room, they're here for you. See you off. Is Rob on here? Is this is this like a is this like a broadcasted event? <laughs> no, I imagine it's is, sort of like our Twitch channel the, where there's only like five people there, like watching for the the archives. But Rob Bob is definitely flying above uh, the heads of uh, where Ramy can like hit it. So okay. <laughs> um, there's Claire's voice behind you again, and she says. When will you know it is time to go? She smiles once more and hands you a drink. Andis um, hands the drink to, uh, let's see, who's who else is nearby? Uh, Raimi hands the drink over to Raimi. Uh, <laughs> Yoink! Twist my arm. Because <laughs> Andis147 doesn't want Andis148 to wake up with a hangover. So, like, <laughs> abstaining. Right. So, for so this moment. Wait! 
So a round of speeches begin. There are, are cheers as joyful stories of Andis, the Drift Rider crew, and anecdotes from friends begin to be shared. The, the goblins get up on the stage and proceed to blubber and cry for a solid minute. Not a single word of which you can interpret. It, they were not speaking goblin. It was not common. It, it was gobbledygook. <laughs> uh, and yeah, eventually uh, everyone kind of just looks around and they're looking at the five of you. You each get a chance to say something. Who wants to start? Adras will step forward and he says, uh, You know, it's just, well, uh, darn it. You know, we faced some really hard battles. I mean, the hardest I've ever known. I never once during any of those battles did I, did I feel fear. Was I afraid? Because I knew that together we could win, even if it was the smallest of chances. I thought we could pull it off. But now, now I find myself very afraid. None of those battles, nothing that we went through, is as hard as facing the fact that you're about to move on. Now, I, I know you're ready. Told me so, but I am not ready. But I still wish you the best on your next journey, my old, old friend. And may the light of Saren Ray guide you forward. And know that this whole cosmos will feel darker and somehow smaller without you in it. Family is important to my people. And it's you, well, and he looks around at the other members of the Drift Rider crew. All of you. You came into my life when I was cut off from my real family. After all we've been through, all the places we've been, all the people we've met, and he takes a moment to raise a glass and give a toast in Kishali for the Kish that have joined them. I think I'm probably closer to you all than, than any of them. I'm a Feldspar by birth, but I count myself lucky to have found a family amongst the crew of the Drift Rider. <laughs> I guess saving the galaxy will do that to a rat. Knack reaches into his pocket and pulls something out. Andis, this is for you. And he tosses it to, to Andis. It's a cred stick. Well, the next you. Just something to show the person who was in their shoes before had people they could depend on. It's not much, but we'll give them a little footing out there. And put this somewhere in your exocortex. If they ever need help, tell them to look me up. That won't be too hard to find. Thank you. I, I will do what I can. Alindra approaches the podium. Andis, I think of you as a constant grounding force centered and balanced at all times, but I know that isn't always the case. You've shown me that such stoicism would only be possible in the absence of passion, and passion you have plenty of. I remember when you flew off in a rage chasing Darius Gilcrest on the drift rock, or that time you shot a monitor when his despicable face showed up. I didn't fully understand at the time how you could exhibit such anger. It seemed unlike you. But I know now that your loyalty to your friends and your ideals is not only the source of your steadfastness, it is also the source of your greatest power. Your intellect is unrivaled, but it's your passion for doing what's right, no matter the risk, that I seek to emulate. You have taught me more about harnessing internal balance and control than the Solarian Monastery ever will. With all my heart, thank you, Andis. About a year ago, I had nothing. My family, my friends, everything ripped away from me. My entire life was gone. I had a haphazard mission that it kept me busy, but it wasn't a life. And then I'm thrown into this insane labyrinthine adventure with, let's face it, the most unlikely of allies. You and I were acquainted for some minor stuff that you did for my old ship, and 
you were efficient and discreet, and I appreciated that. But when we were put on a team together, you were the first being I connected with in ages. Whether we were avenging injustices done to you or dancing at the Fusion Queen, taking over a bar at which you broke your fair share of glasses, or you stabbing me with injections when I was too proud to ask for them. You, you became a true, a dear friend. Yes, this entire crew has grown close. We're basically like a dysfunctional family, but you, Andis, I consider true kin. The injustices done to us that we overcame throughout this mission forged out of the fires of tribulation, a friendship that can never be broken and will never be forgotten. Raimi walks up to Andis and, and kisses him on the forehead. You may be the 147th incarnation of this unit, and I truly hope the 148th path and mine cross in the future. But in my heart of hearts, there will only ever be one true Andis. You. I love you, my friend. Farewell. And then there's just one last person on the stage. Andis. Life hasn't always come easy to, to me. There's been a lot that I have forgotten. There's been a lot that I would like to forget. But these last few months have truly been the greatest of my life. And I want to thank you all, all of you, for supporting me for and for your kind words. Adras, I never feared when I was with you. I always knew that you would have my back. Knack family was never a thing that I had, but I found I found family in, in this group. And uh, it's one of the most joyous gifts that anyone has ever given me. But, uh, but also thanks for the money. Uh, that'll be good too. Alendra, keep studying. I am so proud of the person that you have become, of how much you've learned, but you are not done. And Raimi, sweet Raimi, I love you too. There's thunderous applause, everyone cheering. There's some some catcalling, some shouts from the assembled audience here. As Andis 147 steps into the, the creche, it's this large metallic container, resembles both a, a life pod of sorts as well as a cradle. The founding 19 gathered here, each place a hand on your shoulder in time, and eventually seal you inside. The as they say, as they're sealing the door, I shout, "I'll be right back." <laughs> <laughs> it kills. That joke kills every time, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> Everyone loves it. The the crash activates. You hear this mechanical hum, Andis, and it, it turns into a vibration that seems to move through your body and then become a part of it. Outside the device, you all see it become enveloped in this incandescent light. A warm air pushes through the room, along with a comforting and, and gentle feeling just kind of spreads across your souls. The feeling of love, expression of which you can feel in, in every atom of your being. And this white light fills your vision and it reaches a crescendo as you become blinded. It, uh, it begins to fade, though, as you're able to see shapes emerge from this unimaginable brightness dark forms in a sea of luminosity. The first thing that you see is a hand outstretched in your direction. It is your own hand. And at the same time, that of Andis 146. They see you confused, 
lying on the floor of the cave, and they say, Welcome home, friend. We have so much on which to speak. Come, let us away. We leave watching two Anduses walking down the mountainside again, and as the forest envelops them, we see distant smoke rising from the village, and the scene turns to white once more. Outside, in the bar, the gathered party goers share more cheers and hugs as the lights here swell. There are some words of prayer said over the creation, and Yo, a few minutes later, cracks the seal, and the body of Andis remains there within the creche. But as they open their eyes, they seem different, very different. They lean forward, propping themselves up on their elbows, and the room cheers and claps. Andis148 smiles, waves hello. The lights around them and the, the rest of the room burn brightly. So bright, people have to begin to look away. Toasts are raised, and to those still watching, those able to see through the blinding lights of creation, those people can see two words spelled out along the bars of illumination. Two words appearing over the creche. The end. It's been a long road. <laughs> God, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Getting from there to here. Y'all, I'm not going to lie. I teared up. I teared up. <laughs> I'm not so. done. I, did, I, did I say that was the end? No. You did say it was the end. You literally just said it was the end. Sorry, I, I meant the end of the podcast. And then <laughs> I'm a, sorry, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> and then a light bulb burns out behind the assembled new android. And we see it actually says the end. Question mark? Oh, <laughs> is just the same characters, listeners. <laughs> Burn! That's a storytelling device I've never seen before. Ugh. You guys uh, are so dumb. You thought this was the end of the adventure, and I can't blame you. I bet everyone at home probably thought that too, that this was the last time you all were going to play with these characters, but guess what? What? What if I told you that I'm leaving the fates of Andis, Alindra, Edros, Nack, and Raimi up to our amazing fan base, the Crittermanders, to <gasps> shape. Ooh. Eh? Starting today, you can go to uh, patreon.com, find the Cosmic Crit campaign for our loyal listeners, and check out the site, what you can do to, to help out the podcast, donate, get some pretty awesome benefits on Patreon, on our Discord, but please, everyone, take note of our campaign goals for every other goal of our Patreon campaign. Oh, we'll be continuing the story of the Drift Rider crew, and you guys will be playing them uh, beyond level 13. Yes! yes. Uh, I've kept that secret from you because I wanted a genuine reaction. I'm going to do so much damage, it's going to be awesome. Oh, jeez, Louise. And they're all going to be talking uh, missions. It's all going to be I, No. I will have so many hit points. Um, I will have unlimited hit points. I have done some homebrew writing adventures uh, in the past for you all. And, yes. uh, you know... I've started the process of writing some some Drift Rider crew homebrew. Uh, probably enough to last us for a few years, depending on oh, how gosh. many of these Patreon goals that we, we burst through. But oh, yeah, back our, to the Dawn Guard. Our second goal level is $147. And if we can get to that, 
we're going to record and release the first of these special episodes as uh, a timed exclusive for all of our Patreon subscribers as soon as possible. That could be very soon, uh, depending on on how fast people do this. But if you guys out there want to hear these guys continue to explore the galaxy and side quests, continuing these storylines, uh, I guarantee you some of the most difficult combats that I could possibly <laughs> dream up. No. I am no. going for broke on these. Uh, then, <laughs> listeners, if you just murder us, I will be so upset. Uh, become uh, a, and uh, this is already dead. It's fine. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Kill him. Kill them all. Uh, uh, oh, no. Some of these adventures are going to happen before this final scene, which might mean we see Endus 147 again. Who knows? Uh, if you become a patron of the show today, uh, we're going to start that conversation. We're going to I'm going to start writing. We're going to start recording those. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted everyone to know it's not going to stop season two of the podcast. That's still coming like a freight train and is going to launch launch right here on this podcast feed in about three weeks. Um, so if you cannot wait uh? for an official Paizo high level adventure path and you want to hear where I plan to take these characters and <laughs> you players in a homebrew adventure. Go make it happen right now. Follow us on Twitter at Cosmic Crit or check out the website at CosmicCrit.com for more details. And I'm sorry I've held the secret from you guys for so long. <laughs> oh, there, 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 there are so many words that I want to say that I can't say on this podcast. I wanted oh, you. I'm just happy. I I'm wanted so you to say goodbye to the characters, but I want you to know that, oh, we're going to see some more. Awesome. Um, I'm super, I'm, uh, super excited. I'm like so bummed the last few weeks thinking yeah. this is like the last. Well, I even said at the beginning of the show, like uh, that I was bummed out about this. And I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still, I'm, I'm still bummed to leave them behind for season two, but I feel, I feel a little better about it. Yeah, I mean, for, I, for, for, for real, been this for months. For real, so, for for some of us on this show, these are the first characters that we've gotten really attached to. And, and mm. you guys listening at home have gotten to hear us get more and more attached to these characters. So it's it's satisfying to have a, an end to the story, but it's also a little sad to, to walk away from them and leave them to, to be where they are. And uh, and now we don't have to. Yeah. Well, so, well these we may not be... have to, depending on. Oh, no. We're definitely going to do some of these because I'm sure the Crittermanders are going to go wild for <laughs> these goals. But. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm willing to do at least one for each of your characters. Going to, you know, wh- what's a Dross do next? Where are we gonna go? We'll find out. <laughs> where, uh, where will we see the characters in the future? What have they been doing uh, after they got back from their first adventure? Level 13 is pretty exciting one, and yeah, we'll have that conversation on Patreon as our fans are gonna help us decide where we go what we explore next. I'm excited to get this chance to go back and yep. start homebrewing adventures with you all. We That's how this game group started, the six of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I've, I've, already, I've already created uh, 10 alternate accounts and I'm going to get on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately pledge, do stuff. We're going to talk about the Patreon more in the future. Yeah, but right now I'm I'm sorry for the late game special announcement, but I wanted to end this season on a happy note, as happy as possible. It's a pretty uh, happy right. note. I, pretty I I'm not gonna lie, I I kept getting choked up writing this epilogue. <laughs> <And> <laughs> oh, these characters, dude. every one of them, I think you all have really brought alive in this entire AP. So as much as you're attached to them, I love them as well. 
the, this form of storytelling is really unlike literature. I'm not the author here. This is is not something that exists anywhere else outside of tabletop role-playing games. And, you know, we just told this story that took all six of us. So while I was the GM, I think you all deserve equal parts authorship in, in our podcast story. And Patrick, I want to I want to give a shout out to you. You're not the author of the overall story for the Dead Sons Adventure Path, but let us all give Patrick some applause for the the creative additions he has made for the sake of our characters. That he has Absolutely. taken his own time yeah. to make sure that the story fits the characters that we mm. have created. Yeah, Thank you may not be the it. author of the AP, but you're like you're the. Uh... You're the author of my heart. Yeah, well, yeah. you're the author of our <laughs> yeah. pee. Give, like so, give me eight months, I'll yeah. be the actual author of the pee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. I was going to say along the similar lines that, yeah, he's, you know, our characters only have such a connecting soul to the story because, you know, you, you made it that way. Characters don't change unless they're challenged. I blackmailed <laughs> you into loving these characters. I fell, <laughs> I fell into it so hard. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make you marry Rakawi. How about that, Tyler? Oh, no! <laughs> I never yeah, said I liked her. You better put a ring on it. <laughs> ah, and, and, <laughs> and take that, Ramian Andis. I got the bar. Take that! Uh, there isn't too much to say here uh, except... A huge thank you to all of our fans who have spent the last 18 months with our campaign. The Crittermanders, they're not just the best fan base in podcast history. Oh, no. So many of you out there, you're not fans. I would consider you friends. You know who you are. Thank you for being (laughs) active, listening to us, chatting us up on the Discord. Next week, you will not want to miss the next episode. We are back for our Dead Sons Season 1 discussion, and we are, we've we taken your questions. We're going to be answering the players' lingering questions and talking all about the six books of this awesome adventure path. But yeah, that's that's next week. <laughs> I cannot wait to get to it, but we got to end this one now. It's, it's time to, to wrap this episode up, everybody. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Patrick. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for playing with me. Say goodbye to Dead Sons. Goodbye, Goodbye, Dead Dead Sons. Sons. I love you. No more Ellicott.